Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Doesn't that song just like make you happy? It brings you back to like a happy period. And even if it wasn't a happy period, that song just made you happy, right? And that song was, as you all know, the theme song of Golden Girls. How come y'all let the man answer it? All right. So, yes, men did watch the show too. It's interesting. If you would have asked me back in the year that these, this show was popular between 85 and 1992, this show produced 180 episodes. If you would have asked me back during that time if I would be in a pulpit preaching about the Golden Girls, I would have looked at you like you're crazy. Right? And so I'm going to preach a little bit about the Golden Girls. Because believe it or not, as you as we've been talking about in this series, we've been talking about relationships. We've been talking about friendships. And I would be remiss if 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 I didn't just pause for a minute. And first of all, thank those who are joining us on Facebook Live. We thank you for joining us. You could log on to any other account. But the fact that you're on our account today, it means the world to us. And second to that, before we talk about friends, you need to know about Mosaic Church. And, and, and our mission statement and what we're all about and what we believe. So, so what we've been doing since the beginning of the year uh, is, is reciting this together in concert so that you know exactly what our DNA is. So let's recite that. And after we recite this together, we're going to talk a little bit about the Golden Girls in a series I've entitled Homies, Helpers, and Honorable Mentions. Ooh, I like that. So here at Mosaic Church, our mission statement is simple. Reach people far from Christ, teach them the authentic word of God, serve our local community, and love like Jesus loves. Listen, that's what we're all about. This is why we do backpack blessings. This is why we take care of our educators. We love educators. I'm an educator myself. Uh, This is why we do what we do in this community. Watch this. Not only do we help our local community in terms of the schools, we help local pastors. We help other pastors in this community so that they can have a thriving ministry. It's not about this kingdom called Mosaic Church. It's about the kingdom called the kingdom of God. And this is why we do what we do to help even other churches that are in need. So back to the Golden Girls. I won't lie. I will confess I watched a few episodes. Thank you for. Oh, I forgot. So my wife wanted me to pause, and I forgot to say this, but thank you all for our amazing vacation adventure to Disney, all right? We did, uh, we meant to say thank you last week, but we didn't, so I'm so sorry, but thank you all uh, for Disney, and uh, my sister just asked me, Nina said, how was it? Nina, it was horrible. I will never do it again. It was so bad, I probably need to try it and make sure that it wasn't as bad as I thought. So if you guys want to give me a do-over to make sure that it, 
<laughs> it was absolutely amazing. The best time I've ever had next to my honeymoon, of course. And uh, it was incredible. Uh, I, I was blown away. I spent more money than I actually earned. But uh, it was worth it. I might have to, you know, do some Uber or some lifting or, you know, but we're going to earn that money back. <laughs> I'm just playing. It was incredible. Thank you all so much. We had a, the time of our lives. And I'll be honest, the best part was not what we did, but to see our kids have just a smile on their face. We traveled. In case you didn't know, there were 14 of us traveling together. Children and adults, not a single disagreement in five days, not one, not one, not a child was lost. I mean, when you got that many kids and you only got the, <laughs> I mean, we had a time, you know, the, the, and the kids, you know, the first day it was a little rough for the kids because, you know, they, you, you wonder, you're in the happiest place on earth. What are y'all kids complaining about? But what we failed to realize as adults is that these kids had their own plans before we got there. And when we didn't do what they planned to do, you know, they were kind of like, wait, 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 wait. And so my darling Sydney, who was uh, the, well, there was another little girl, but Sydney is, listen, if you look up the word princess, Sydney will be in there with a tiara, like, because she's a princess. So Sydney cared nothing about, I mean, Sydney literally planned this trip. She like, um, she watched YouTube videos. She was ready for it. And her whole thing was, you know, the older kids, we're going to go on this ride. We're going to go on that ride. No, Sydney's like, I'm going to see Tiana. I'm going to see Jasmine. I'm going to see all of the princesses. That's all I want to do. I don't want to ride anything. I just want to meet them in person. So when we started off the first day riding, Sydney was just like, I said, Sydney, you're in Disney. What's wrong with you? Why don't you want to ride anything? So then finally, she's like, I want to see the princesses. And so when she started seeing the princesses, I mean, it was like, I can't even explain it. It, it brought my wife and I both to tears to see that kind of joy come out of her to just take a picture with Tiana. I mean, this is Princess Tiana, the only black Disney princess. Uh, Jasmine and all of the others. I mean, it was incredible to see her face light up. And she had one of the best seats in the house for the parade. Like she was in the front row when they did the parade. And to see all of them walk by and wave at her, it's like, oh, they know me. I'm here. You know, so it it was pretty incredible. So thank y'all. I mean, honestly, y'all, y'all freaking amazing, man. I mean, really, I love this church. And uh, y'all got me for another five years, you know, Uh, Unless you want to send me another trip, then I'll make it 10. I'm just playing. <laughs> That's a joke. It's a joke. But thank you all. We really enjoyed it. And, oh, another highlight was to see my big brother and my godson. Like, okay, y'all know Sam. He is like the parking lot Nazi. He's like, he's on it. He don't play. He doesn't play. But Sam transformed to Disney. Like, he went from grown man Sam to little boy Sam. And he bought him and Pedro these lightsabers, and, like, he could not wait to get back home so that they could fight. It was some, I got pictures of it. It's, it's just amazing. And then Broderick get one, so they planned a date, so they're all battling each other in my backyard with these lightsabers. And Sam is, like, into it. And I was like, dude. But he loved it. He was just as, I've never seen that side of him, uh, and it was just amazing to see. And so it was a great time, great time had by all. All right. So let's talk about the Golden Girls. It's, it's okay to talk about them now, right? We're good? All right, good. All right, here we go. So, so this show, which I didn't realize 
180 episodes between 1985 and 1992. I'm like 180 episodes, and please don't be offended if I use the wrong language and I'm not politically correct, about some senior saints. I say it that way. 180 episodes about some senior saints living in a house. One of them is still trying to get married at her tender age. The other one is a mother-daughter team constantly at odds with each other. And then there's the one who's just like a space cadet. (laughs) Right? And it's like, what was so great about this show that was worthy of 180 episodes from 1985 to 1992. And you know that if a show ain't doing good, they cancel it. So obviously the show is doing good. And I thought about it, and it, and it just made sense. You had people that were in relationship. You had friends that the good times and bad times They were in relationship. Their theme song was everything. Thank you for being a friend. It's simple. Thank you for being my friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. You know, that's what that whole show was all about. We may not agree all the time, but you're somebody I can rely on. You're somebody I can depend on. You are my homie. That's why this show is so successful, because the world craves relationships. None of us in this world, none of us who exist in this world are comfortable being isolated. People who say that they just accepted their isolation, but they're not happy with it. We all, I mean, now there are moments where we all like to be by ourselves, but we love still company. We love to be around people. Uh, We love to people watch, right? And there's nothing wrong with that because God injected in us from the very beginning the desire to be known and to know and the desire to be loved and to love. And that's what relationship is all about. And so today I want to talk to us about these three categories that I mentioned to you. Homies, helpers, and honorable mentions. My pastor, uh, Dr. Darius Daniels, once again, I'll be quoting a lot from his book and I highly recommend it. And I will tell you, I don't get any kickback from this. I just want to listen. When you guys go to a good restaurant, And it's delicious. You tell everybody about it, right? Because you want them to have the same experience. Well, in reading this book, and you guys should go check out the Juicy Crab where uh, our good friend Nina is the hostess with the mostest. Y'all come on. I'm so happy for her. But um, (laughs) I just said finally. But Pastor Darius Daniels, this book is called Relational uh, Intelligence. You got to pick it up. I mean, it's really good. It just... Honestly, it's, it's scriptural, it's very practical and, and applicable in any way, whether it's a business relationship, romantic relationship, friendship, whatever. And so I quote a lot from it because it's just that good. And so this is what he says. He says, everybody should be loved biblically, valued equally, and treated differently. Everybody should be loved biblically, valued equally, but treated differently. And I'm going to show you how Jesus did that. I'm going to show you through the model of Jesus how that happened. In our lives, three groups of people come into our lives at any point in our time. There are always three groups of people that come through our lives at any point in time. Now, we may call them something different. We may use different names and monikers to describe these different groups of people, but they're the same. And here they are. I'll start with the honorable mentions. 
I think in our lives, we've all had people in our lives that were just honorable mentions. And here's what honorable mentions are. There are two categories of honorable mentions. Uh, Category number one uh, of the honorable mentions are those that just showed up and were either casual onlookers or benevolent benefactors. Okay? The, the, The first group of honorable mentions are people that just showed up and were either casual onlookers or benevolent benefactors. And when I say benevolent benefactors, they benefacted, they, they benefited from you, but they never gave anything back to you. All right. And these are people, these are honorable mentions. Uh, it, think about it from a, 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 a sports uh, type of mentality here. Uh, they're like the kids on the sport team that get a trophy just for playing the game, win, lose, or draw. You, you know, just because you showed up and made it to practice every single day, though your team never won a game and we don't keep score, but you still get a trophy. Those are the honorable mention people in your life. People that come through your life, they, they're onlookers. They don't offer you anything. They're never there when you need them. Uh, they, they have nothing, no feedback to give, but they benefit from your talents, your gifts, your reputation, your kindness. They're, they're benevolent benefactors. Those are honorable mentions. The, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, here's a group, uh, according to the Bible, uh, the, the honorable mentions, uh, according to Jesus' time, are those thousands of people. That Jesus loved. Jesus loved thousands. The Bible tells us Jesus loved thousands. Watch this. The multitudes uh, uh, who Jesus loved were people who were just passing through. Jesus knew that they followed him only because he fed them or did some miracles for them. Uh, These were seasonal relationships. We all have these. Uh, Since these relationships were intended to be temporary, Jesus did what he was called to do and then he left or allowed them to leave. I want y'all to catch what I just said. Jesus knew some of these thousands of people who were following, they were there because they wanted a meal or they wanted a miracle. And there are people in your life that's hanging on to you, hanging out with you because they want a meal or they want a miracle. There are people in your life that are hanging out with you because they want to be benevolent benefactors of who you are, what you represent, and what you're connected to. And we've got to be able to decipher them. Uh, the beauty of Jesus is that he was able to discern who those people were. And so he came and did what he did and he kept on moving. This is what I want you all to do too. I want you to give them permission to leave or you going ahead and have the strength to leave so that they don't keep robbing you. Uh, you can identify these people by the energy you have left after you're engaging with them. Amen, somebody. Uh, uh, if you got, if you tired, uh, after having a conversation with them, every time y'all have a conversation, that means they're draining you and ain't giving nothing back to you. But if you leave the conversation and you both feel uplifted, if you leave the conversation and you feel vigorated, if you leave the conversation feeling energized or that you learn something, that's a good relationship because it's a reciprocal one, right? These are, these, you got to be cognizant of those people who are draining you. Matter of fact, you can identify them this way when they call you and you ignore their their call, you know that they're draining your energy. You know, you, you know when you see that na- their name on your caller ID, you're like, you know what, I, I don't have the energy. Most of y'all, that's what y'all say, I don't, I don't have the energy today, all right? You have to be cognizant of who those people are, those people who are casual onlookers. They're watching you and taking from you and ain't giving nothing back to you. Jesus, and you have to be able to have the freedom to let them go or step away yourself, all right? The second category of honorable mentions are those that tried but fell short. Those that tried but fell short. Uh, Let me give you a a definition of an honorable mention. 
The honorable mention is an award or a special praise given to someone who has done something extremely well, but who has not won any of the prizes. The prize in this scenario, my brothers and sisters, is you. And we've all had people in our lives that have come into our lives and they've done extraordinary and wonderful things, but they didn't do enough to gain the prize, which is me. Uh, These are honorable mentions. They, They gave it their best, but all it took was one mess up and all of a sudden they turned their back on you. All it took was one mess up and you turn you away from them. Uh, These people who are the people who gave their best, but they weren't worthy of access. Uh, Let me give you an example. Luke chapter 10, verse 1, we see uh, uh, Jesus, the Lord, now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. Catch that. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples, sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. Jesus worked with the 72, but we don't know their names. We don't know uh, exactly who they are. Some scholars say that, that those that we read about in the book of Acts were part of that 72. Uh, that has not been confirmed. But what we do know is that we don't know a whole lot about the 72. Why? Because they deserved an honorable mention. All they got was an honorable mention. I'm, I'm going to give you the best part of me, but, but, but you have not earned access to me. I'm going to give you some of the stuff so you can go and represent me, but you have not earned access to me. Now, I don't know why these people didn't earn access to Jesus, and I don't know why certain people don't earn access to you. But what I do know is this, that not everybody should have access to you. If you're feeling drained in certain relationships and you feel like you're not getting the reciprocal response that is necessary, it's because people are draining you. These are people that deserve to be in the honorable mention category. These 72 people were on a need-to-know basis. <laughs> they didn't know everything. They were on a, I'm going to tell you what you need to know, and that's it. Quit asking me. Don't be asking where I'm going. We ain't cool like that. Don't be asking, uh, where was I at? We ain't cool like that. Don't be asking about my family. We ain't cool like that. Don't be asking about my wife. What's wrong with you? You must be out your mind. We ain't cool like that. And some of us give access to people that just click like on our social media posts. When they should have just been honorable mentions. And there are people that will come in and out of our lives that deserve to be in that category. And it's not a bad thing. You know, never in, in, in this passage do we hear Jesus say these were bad people. They just didn't gain or earn access, the same access that the others had to Jesus. The next group. So those are the two categories of honorable mentions. Anybody know of any honorable mentions? You ain't got to shout them out. But did people pop into your mind instantly? Honorable mentions. Right. There are people in our lives that just are honorable mentions, just passing through. And we've just let them pass on through. And it is what it is. The second category are helpers. Second category are helpers. And, 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 and God created Eve not to be a wife first, but to be a helper first. 
right? And we often trip that and miss that up. We mess it up all the time. I've heard pastors preach that, you know, Eve, you know, she's, you know, his wife. And yeah, she was his wife, but she she was not created to be his wife. She was created to be his helper. The only time God said it was not good for man to be alone was, I mean, that, that it was not good was when man was alone. So when God saw Adam was alone, he said, hold on now. He's not really alone. Catch what I'm about to say. He wasn't alone. He had, so when God saw that Adam was alone, he's like, no, he's not really alone. He's got animals, right? He's, he's, he's got me, but what he saw was the animals ain't going to help him fulfill his purpose. <laughs> the animals, watch this, this is how deep it is. The animals were his purpose. So how can your purpose help you fulfill your purpose? So, so the animals were his purpose. How do I know that? Well, his job and his purpose was to name them. The garden was his purpose. So he couldn't get help from the garden. So who could he get help from besides God? God's like, I'm going to always be with you, but let me give you not a wife, not a friend, not a companion, but a helper. And the helper is to help you fulfill the purpose. You're already in the purpose called the garden. And you're already taking care of the purpose called animals. So now let me give you somebody to help you maintain that. And then here it is. I'm going to give you this person for several reasons. I'm going to give you this person for relation. So that person's going to help you, but that person's also going to be relational to you. So now you got somebody who is your equal you can communicate with. I did say equal, guys. I want you all to catch that. Okay? That you can communicate with. He says, but I'm going to give you somebody that's going to give you pleasure. That's the fruitful part. And then multiply. I want y'all to come in it for the next series entitled This Is Us. We're going to talk about the romantic stuff. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about dating. We're going to talk about family and stuff. But I'll just say this. God did not create sex just for the purpose of reproduction. If he did, then he would have said, Adam and Eve, go and multiply. He didn't say that. He said, be fruitful. That's the pleasure. And then multiply. He wants us to enjoy it, and I'll talk about that in the next couple weeks. You just got to show up. So let's talk about the helpers. So we got the, we got the honorable mentions. That's the 72 and all these other people. Who were the helpers for Jesus? Well, according to Luke chapter, uh, chapter uh, 6, verses 12 through 16, the Bible tells us that Jesus chose 12 disciples. Let's read this. I want to show you some things that you may not have paid attention to in the past. One day, soon afterward... Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. And at daybreak, he called together all of his disciples, and he chose 12 of them to be apostles who are, here are their names. So we know that there is Simon, whom he named Peter. There is Andrew, Peter's brother. There's James. There's John. There's Philip. There's Bartholomew. There's Matthew, there's Thomas, there's James of Alphaeus, there's Simon, who was called the Zealot, and then there's Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Here's what I want y'all, I don't know if y'all paid attention to this, pay close attention to the timeline of the events. The first thing that Jesus did when he selected his helpers, here it is, he went away to pray. He went away to pray. Some of us are selecting mentors, we're selecting friends, we're selecting romantic interests, and we ain't even prayed about it. (laughs) Oh, you look good, you sound good, I want to get to know you. 
Oh, man, you're successful. I mean, you run a billion dollar company. Right. The thing is, there are mentors and there are mentors who carry mantles. Right. Just because somebody knows how to do something well doesn't know doesn't mean they know how to teach you it. The mantle is the ability to teach the mentor. Oh, man, I'm gonna preach this. Right. Just because they do something well don't mean they have the ability to teach you how to do it. And we're seeking out people based upon their success, not based upon their ability to share their mantle. But it all begins in the same posture Jesus took. He prayed first. Jesus, God incarnate, prayed first. He went to seek the Father like, okay, listen, I've got to pick out a few people to pour everything that's in me into for three years because I know that I'm going to another place. So he prayed first, and then he didn't just pray. The Bible says he prayed all night. He wanted to make sure that who I'm choosing to hang with me are the right people. That baffled me because I'm like, you prayed and you chose these misfits? You prayed all night and chose these, this crew? You could have, you know. So he prayed, he prayed all night, and then he selected, check this out, 12 from a group of followers that already existed. How many of y'all read the Bible and thought that he just picked out these 12 and there was nobody else? Many people did. I know for a fact. But the Bible tells us there were already some disciples. There were people hanging with them. Many scholars say this, that Jesus had hung out with that, those disciples 12 to 18 months before he chose them. He had been hanging out with some disciples that included the 12 for 12 to 18 months before he decided you were worthy to get the best part of me. You are the one who will help me fulfill my purpose here on earth. And we know that that is true. How do we know? Because he said to one of them, whose name was Simon, whom he later changed his name to Peter, which means rock, he said to him, it is upon you, Mr. Fisherman, that I'm going to build this church. Knowing you're going to deny me three times. Knowing you got anger management issues, you like to cut people's ears off. But I like that about you. Because in all of that, that just tells me how deep you love me. I'm not mad that you even denied me. That just built a fire. That that denial added a log to the fire you have for me. Because you know what happened after that, after the denial of Peter. After Peter denied Jesus, he went away. He was all broken up. He ran away, distraught. He went away. Uh, uh, Jesus came back. was like, you know, you know, it's all good. You know, love, take care of my sheep. Take care of my, you know, take care of my sheep. Take care of my lamb and all of this stuff. But, but, but Peter was like still down. So Peter went back to fishing, couldn't catch nothing. Jesus blessed him, was like, listen, you ain't going to catch nothing because you, you went back to fishing for fish when I've already taught you for three years how to fish for men, but you forgot that quick. I know why you're not doing it because you still feel down about what you did for me. But I want to tell you, I love you, Simon Peter. I, I, I love you. I forgive you. And when I told you I was going to build my church on you, I meant that. So get up off of your hiney and do what the heck I told you, you I'm going to do. And then what happens next? Go to Jerusalem. Stay there. Grab a handful of y'all. Y'all just go somewhere, and I'll meet you there. They go to the upper room. He sends the advocate. Advocate comes. After that, Peter has never been the same Peter we read about beforehand. Jesus knew who he was picking when he picked helpers. He picked a tax collector. 
Why? Because if I pick a tax collector, I got access to other tax collectors, those who are deemed worse than sinners. I picked a zealot. Y'all know what zealots are? These are people who who are, are crazy about their beliefs. They are worse than the politicians about their beliefs. He picked a zealot to hang with him. Why? Because I know you're going to go, you're going to do whatever it takes to spread this word. He picked out some flawed people intentionally to do his work. He didn't look at what they looked like. He didn't look, if, listen, if Jesus looked at just success, he would have been, he would have like, yo, I'm a Pharisee, you a Pharisee, we know mad scripture together, come on, hang with me. I'm a Pharisee, I know we don't get along with the Sadducees, but you know what, we could borrow some of them because even though we don't agree on certain things when it comes to the Torah or the resurrection, they're smart enough and influential enough that we can use them. He would have picked those type of people if it was about success. And I'm saying this for a reason. Some of y'all are so eager to get the front row at some of these people's churches, some of these people conferences, hoping that they can do something for you. And, and guess what? You're looking at their success and they ain't going to do nothing for you. It trips me out to see. I was talking with a pastor the other day and, and, and he was saying, we were talking about how we go to some of these conferences and we see a, a mad rush of pastors wanting to sit right behind the main pastor, the main speaker at this particular conference all the time. They just want to sit in that section. They want access to the green room. It's like, why you want access to the green room and the section when you got access to the kingdom? Just because that person is successful don't mean that they have the mantle to teach you how they became successful. Jesus didn't look at success when he chose friends. He looked at, can you get the job done? Can you get the job done? Are you the one that's going to do what I need to get done? And that's how we need to do. But it begins first. You've got to pray first. You have to pray. You have to pray. Have to pray. Have to pray about business relationships. We're looking even in our romantic relationships. Oh, you fine. You know, we swipe right, we swipe left, right? Swiping right, swiping left only deals with look, exterior appearance, right? Now, I'm not in the dating world, but I've heard about it. Swipe right, swipe left, swipe left, you know, it's all physical appearance, right? We're looking on Instagram, you know. You ever see people take selfies? I love to watch people take selfies. They, I mean, honestly, you see, bam, they're trying to find a perfect shot that they can put on Instagram so you can like it, so you can validate them, and, and, and then watch this. And when you validate them, God forbid, they comment about from your comment or something like, oh, man, thank you so much for coming. Oh, you recognize me? We validate people so that we can be validated. I want you to see I liked your stuff. I want you to see that, right? And all we're doing is we're people trying to just post this false image of a moment. It's like, quit looking for these best shots. Be, be authentically you. Social media has, has ruined our way of having relationships. We're looking at people and their physical appearance, deciding if we want to have a relationship with them. There are people who've actually told me, I'm not going to even lie, they attend this church, and they asked me, they said, Pastor B, why aren't we growing? And I said, we are growing. They're like, man, but, but the, the energy in this church is so good. The people here, they love so well. And, and, and man, you've been giving some good messages, man. Why aren't we growing? And I said, man, I, I, I don't know. And so this person said, do you think it's because of the exterior of the building? Because the building ain't pretty. Y'all know it ain't pretty. Y'all pull up in that parking lot. We ain't even got some fancy parking, right? The, 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 the outside paint looking all jacked up, right? You know, it's, it's an old-looking building, right? But truth of the matter is some people look at that. 
and say, no, nah, that, ain't, that ain't for me. They don't even know how much love exists in this place. They don't even know how wonderful the people are that call this place home. They just look at the exterior and say, eh, that's probably a traditional church. Eh. And they can't say mosaic. I won't lie. I've been considering changing our name because people be like, like, is that, is, that, is that like a messianic lodge or something like that? Somebody asked me that. I'm not even making that up. Right? But my point is, the person that said that made me think like, man, is it our, our exterior appearance that make people be like, no, nah, I'm not coming. I'm not coming there. That looks kind of old. looks raggedy. They're probably a traditional church. And y'all know we are far from traditional. When was the last time y'all see me in one of these? I, Marvin, I think he texted me and told me he's wearing a suit or something. I don't know. We just wore blazers today for some reason. Maybe it's a first Sunday thing. I don't know. But hear me. We spent so much time looking at the exterior. Jesus never looked at the exterior. He looked at your potential. Can you get me to where I need to get? Can you help me accomplish my goals, right? We need to stop looking for life partners. I'm going to say it this way. I made this word up. We need to stop choosing life partners based upon likability and start looking for yokeability. Quit looking at people, business partners, romantic relationships, friends, based upon likability and start connecting with people based upon yokeability. Are we yoked? Now, to be yoked meaning that, watch this, you put two ox together, they're going to share the load. One ox ain't going to pull more than another ox. They're going to pull that same weight load together. That's being yoked. When I'm going through my thing in life, I've got purpose, you got purpose. Your job, you're going to help me fulfill my purpose, and guess what? I'm going to reciprocate and help you feel your, fulfill your purpose. If it's whatever that purpose is, if it's a weight goal, hey, you trying to lose weight, I'm trying to lose weight. I'm hitting you up like, yo, what are you doing at the snack bar right now? Oh, okay, you're getting fruits and nuts. Good. I'm going to get me some fruits and nuts. Yo, did you work out today? If we have the same goal, I'm going to help you fulfill your purpose. You tell me you want to achieve a bit, uh, you want to start a business. I want to uh, start a business. Guess what? I'm like, yo, we need to meet once a month. I want to see your business plan. I want to help you achieve it. Right? That's what I do for those that I mentor, and that's what my mentors do for me. I don't go to my mentors, sit there and just look in their face and be like, yeah, so, so what you got for me today? You're wasting a mentor's time. I tell people that all the time. They say, hey, man, I want you to mentor me. Okay, you got to come prepared with the questions. Right? When I, when I see my mentors, I'm like, hey, so this month, this is what I got. Bam. I know I only got an hour with you, but here it is. Give it to me. And I'm going to take that and make it applicable to my life right away. That's what we've got to do. All right, that's a whole other conversation. I really got off on a tangent. I just threw that in there to help you out. That's what reciprocal relationships look like. Watch this. We become who we're around. We become who we're around. Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and what? Become wise, associate with fools and get in trouble. And I think what the writer really wanted to say is associate with fools, you're going to be a fool too. (laughs) Seriously, you become who you're around. I tell the young people that all the time. I tell them that all the time. Listen, you don't look like that guy. You come from a family of two parents. Y'all, you know, your parents are Christians. They go to church. What you hanging out with this kid for? Because you're not trying to influence him. He's influencing you. Now, if you say you were trying to influence him and I see that happening. And, and so I told a young man, I said, if you're trying to influence him, have you invited him to your church? And this young person is not at our church, by the way. So, you know, and I said to the young man, have you invited that person that you're trying to influence to your church? No, then you're not trying to influence him. You're just being influenced by him. 
You'd rather be hanging out with him because he's got this reputation of being cool. But all it's doing is messing up your reputation because you're actually the one who's cool. This kid is getting in trouble all the time, right? Hang out with the wise, become wise. Hang out with fools, well, you're going to get in trouble. Hang out with wise people. You want to learn and grow? Hang out with wise people. As the Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so does a man sharpen another, right? Well, that's a different translation there, right? Iron sharpens iron, right? Not iron sharpens aluminum, <laughs> Not iron sharpens copper. Iron sharpens iron. So we sharpen each other. That's how we got to be making sure we're in the right relationships. Finally, I'm going to spend a little time here and we're going to be done. The homies. So we got honorable mentions. I hope you all have been able to identify those people. And, if, and, and then, then we have helpers. I hope you've been able to identify those. Typically, when I do a series like this, oftentimes people begin to shift their categories. They start moving people from the helpers to the honorable mentions because they're not really getting help. They're the ones that's doing all the helping, right? If, by the way, if that's you, if you're the only one doing the helping in a relationship, yeah, that person that you're helping that hasn't helped you, you're just going ahead and demote them or promote them or just move them to the honorable mentions. And it's okay. You can let them know or not know. Just do it. I've done it. I do it every year of an inventory. Like, let's see. Here's all the people I've been in contact with. So now... And if they're watching, this is probably why I haven't called you back, but I love you. So I look and I say, okay, I've met with this many, I met this person this many times last year, okay? They scheduled every meeting, okay? I was the one giving. I never received anything, okay? Instead of meeting with them 10 times this year, maybe three times. You get three good days with me, and that's it. Because I, if I'm, if I'm always feeding you, who's feeding me? Right? If I'm always giving to you, who's giving to me? I need to be fed too. I don't want to be hungry because if you use me up, then I'm useless to other people that need me. Number one, my family. Right? So we've got, you got to look at that. Take an inventory. Don't be ashamed about it. This is your life. You only got one life to live. You need to do that. Like, yo, okay, I done met with you. I done answered all your calls. Every time you needed to meet, oh, wait a minute. I ain't seen nothing where you get, you know what? I'm going to cut you back a little bit. I'll still give you a little bit of me, but that's all you got. And you got to maximize and say, you got three, three days with me. And that's all you got in my time. And keep it moving unapologetically. All right. So let's talk about the homies. This is good. Homies. Out of the 12 disciples, Jesus was closest with three. And I like to call them his homies. Out of the 12 he was closest with three. Matter of fact, uh, I'll tell you some of the things he did. And these three, by the way, was Peter, James, and John, as you may know. Uh, he confided in those three. Jesus poured his life into that what we call inner circle of three. He, uh, he, Jesus had his inner circle that comprised of Peter, James, and John. He took them on special outings. You can see about those special outings in Matthew 17 and 1. He allowed them to witness his greatest glory, the, the transfiguration. You can see that in Mark 9, 2 through 3. Uh, he shared with them his deepest distress. They were there when, he, when, when the Bible says he cried what looked like blood. They were there for that, uh, even though they weren't in the exact same spot. They were down at the bottom of the hill when that happened. But they were there. He invited them to come with him there, right? Uh, he taught them things that he didn't teach anyone else. He taught these three things that he didn't teach anyone else. He even, watch this, introduced them to his heavenly family in Matthew chapter 17 and 3. Matthew chapter 17 and 3, he introduced just these three 
to his heavenly family. They were his closest friends and confidants, Peter, James, and John, were Jesus' homies. So all of y'all wearing these Jesus is my homeboy t-shirt, uh-uh, only Peter, James, and John can wear that t-shirt. <laughs> Stop wearing it, Jesus is my home. No, he was their homeboy, and that's it, right? People should earn the right into your inner circle. Stop letting people in your inner circle because they liked your post or commented on your post. Stop letting people in your inner circle because they're popular and you think they're going to give you something that's going to help you. Stop letting people into your inner circle who have not earned it. Love is the only thing you should be giving away freely. Access is earned. I'll love you. I love everybody, but not everybody's getting access to me. I know I'm your pastor and I'm going to do my pastor thing with you, but don't be offended if we ain't on that level where everybody gets an invite to the crib. Right? People trip me out because people get offended when they're like, hey, pastor didn't invite me to his house. Did your boss invite you to his house? You ain't mad at him? When he didn't invite you to the, comp- to the, to the leadership picnic? We can't do that, y'all. Seriously. And people, there are people that, that, that do that. and we, we can't do that. Listen, this is a job. If we're friends, we're friends. If I'm your pastor, I'm your pastor. But some Get lucky enough to say I'm their pastor and their friend, but not everybody, right? You've got to understand who's in your corner and who's on your side. There are two different groups. Last week, we watched the Deontay Wilder fight. Oh, my goodness. Man, I'm just going to be real. I'm just going to say it like this. I'm going to say it like I'm going to say it. Here it is. Here it is. Black America was Deontay, Deontay. We got Deontay. And when Deontay got his tail whipped, then they started creating memes, they were creating me. I'm like, yo, y'all was cheering homeboy on, but all of a sudden he took an L. Y'all creating memes about this dude. That's cold-blooded. These are people who are on your side when you're winning. But when you're losing, they're they making memes about you, right? You got to, I mean, here's the truth about it. There are people in your life that are like that right now. You winning, they're like, yeah, this is my boy. Yo, you winning, this is my girl. Yo, 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 hold on, let's get a selfie. Yeah, you you doing it, you do black girl magic, right? But then you fail. Ain't no black girl magic. No, they were on your side. They were cool with you as long as you were doing well, as long as you were successful. But the minute you fail, where are they? They're gone. And you have to know who's on your side and who's in your corner. Who was on Deontay Wilder's corner? Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather. I saw Floyd cheering Deontay on before the fight. I saw Floyd cheering him on after the fight. I'm not a Floyd Mayweather fan at all. I'm just going to be totally transparent with you. I don't like him to the slightest. But he is a corner man. This dude posted publicly, hey, I still love you. You still the champ in my book. You still the heavyweight. No matter what, stick your head up. Let's go back out there and get this belt back. That's a corner man. That's a corner person that looks at you and say, you know what, man, I know you messed up, but yo, I messed up too. I'm not perfect. That's a corner man. A corner man tells you, hey, listen, man, I know, I know that was rough. You know, I know that interview wasn't good. I know they didn't look at you, but tell you what, don't stop applying. Keep on applying. 
Uh, don't give up. I, I know you just went through a divorce. I know your heart is broken, but let me tell you something. There's other fish in the sea. Keep on moving. Uh, the corner man tells you, I know you're beaten. I know you're battered. I know you're down, but it's not the end of the world because God is on your side. That's a corner man that encourages you and doesn't abandon you. Uh, a corner man is somebody that helps fix your cuts and not make a meme of your cuts. You have to decide and decipher who's in your corner and who's on your side. And I will tell you, I don't want no sideline people. I got enough cheerleaders. I need corner people. I told the leadership team this morning during our huddle, I said, I need help. I got a lot of, I got, I got a lot of side, I mean, I mean, I got plenty of people with pom-poms cheering me on. I'm tired of pom-poms. I want you to pick up some work gloves. That's how I know you're on my side when we're working together. I don't want the pom-poms. I want you to strap up your boots with me and say, hey, you know what? Let me help carry the load. Let me help balance this for you. That's what I want. I don't need the pom-poms. I got enough pom-poms. I don't want no pom-poms. I want work boots and work gloves. Let's get the work done. Forget the cheers. Forget the pat on the back. Don't forget Disney World, though. But, you know, (laughs) joking, joking. I just... But seriously, we have to be able to decipher who's on our side and who's in our corner. Will your friends send encouraging memes when you're going through it? Or will your pain become a meme? And that's what you need to think about when you're looking at your friends. Here's my final thought here. Proverbs 18:24. There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. I took issue with this scripture. Can I tell you why I took issue with this scripture? Why would the writer say there are friends who destroy each other? A friend wouldn't destroy each other. But I think what Solomon or the writer of this particular proverb was saying is those who call themselves friends. My former pastor had many friends. Friends that he, every time you turn around, he was talking about my friend this, my friend that only to realize they were all social media. None of them were real relationships. And I'm not bashing him in case he ever sees this. I love you, bro. Real talk. Okay? But seriously, he always talked about my friend so-and-so, my friend so-and-so, my friend so-and-so. At one point, he even said that we were best friends. I was like, dude, when I come to pick up something, you leave it outside your door. Don't even let me in your house. How, How can you say I'm your friend? How can you call me friend if we don't? We use that term too light and too loose. Everybody ain't your friend. Associate. Honorable mention. (laughs) That's what an associate is, an honorable mention. Quit calling everybody your friend because here's what happens. You set set yourself up for a letdown. Bob Marley says this way, everybody's going to hurt you someday. You just have to choose those that are worthy of it. That's what Bob Marley said. Everybody's going to hurt you someday. You got to choose those who are worthy of it. And I want you guys to be able to identify those who are your honorable mentions, those who are your helpers, and those who are indeed your homies, your real friends. And in life, they say you're lucky to have just a few in your whole life. I must be really lucky because I actually have some friends that I know will literally lay down their life for me. I often tell people, Sam is like my Peter. He legitimately is. He'll cut somebody's ear off. I I believe that. And uh, 
and I'll have to bail him out of jail. <laughs> and, but I mean, I'm serious. There are friends, man, that I grew up with that are still my brothers, even closer than my own family. There's only a handful. And then I look at, and I can say that because I have a model to follow. My uncle sitting in this sanctuary right here. He's not my blood uncle by blood, but he's always been my uncle because of the relationship he and my dad has had. And it's not just him and my dad. It's him, my dad, and, and, and three other guys, not biologically co- connected, but will lay down their lives for each other. They, I, I was blessed enough that they let me go on a man trip with them to see just how real their relationship is. Just how real that is. I'm blessed to see that and blessed to want to reciprocate that with those that are in my life. They lay down their lives for each other. I lay down my life for a few. There's not many people you can call your friend. Stop calling everybody your friend. And it's okay to say, hey, you know, hey, HH, I mean, HM. They won't know. You'll be like, hey, what's up, HM? They're like, hey, what's, what's that? No, that means friend. That's my new cold word for friend. But you know it really means Honorable mention. Amen? Amen. That's all I got for you all today. So I hope you all learned something next week. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.